Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. doing bud hey steve i'm doing great how are you sir good can you hear me okay i can hear you great good as always a pleasure to be here with you and thank you to all of you who are joining us for this live creative soloing workshop really appreciate your time it's always an honor and privilege to uh to hang out with you guys if you have comments please post them in the comments box or the chat box, wherever you happen to be watching this. I know we stream these across uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, across several different channels and, and places you can watch or listen. So wherever you happen to be listening to this or watching, to the, uh, watching this, we want to thank you and welcome you to another live workshop. Uh, today we're talking about creative soloing, creative soloing. We're doing an entire series. We've already done a whole lot of these. We've done, um, I'll just run down the list. We've done meandering. We've done phrasing. We've done interactive soloing. We've done dynamic contrast, creative scale patterns. We have done easy arpeggios uh, for guitar solos. We've done chord chasing, vertical versus horizontal movement on your fretboard. We've done creative pentatonics where we talk about the blue note. We've actually done even more than this. Uh, this is just a list I have in front of me. And we also have, uh, today we're talking about escape routes in soloing or escape routes, depending on where in the United States you might be from. You might say route or route. Steve from North Dakota probably says? I say route. Route. That's what I say. I say route. So we'll just say, since a boy from Tennessee and a boy from North Dakota, we say route. Let's just call it escape routes. That sounds good to me. Okay. So guys, you can uh, check out the playlist. It's going to be called Creative Soloing. It'll, um, just, it'll be available. I've been saying it's going to be available on all the channels. So I got corrected. I think it's actually only going to be available on maybe one of the channels, but definitely the Guitar Zoom channel or the Steve Stein channel. We also have a Guitar Songs channel. You want to be subscribed to all three of those if you want to get all the different stuff that we do. Um, but you can just go to the channel, click on the playlist, and then it'll be there for you. Creative Soloing. Lots of great videos. This entire workshop series will be saved there for you. If you want to learn about, um, today we're talking about escape routes. Sorry, I just messed it up. <laughs> well, I think I think throughout the whole thing, we're going to say route or route. I'm probably going to do the same thing. It doesn't matter. So. Okay, good. Yeah. If you want to learn about escape route soloing, uh, keep watching. If you want to learn it even faster, go to guitarzoom.com and check out Steve's new course. It's called Creative soloing by steve stein available at guitarzoom.com okay buddy take it away this concept is is a little bit harder to really define and and explain but what i have found is that a lot of times it's like walking and then running into the wall and you don't have any more space to move so the only thing you can do is move backward right or turn around right so the thing about finding an escape route is when you play something, you're going to wind up on a particular finger 
on a particular string. And then you've got to decide at that point which way you're going to move. And of course, that's going to define what you have available at that point. So if you think about it, and again, there's a, there's a billion examples, and I have been trying to show you throughout these workshops different examples of uh, escape routes. But let's say I was in A minor pentatonic-ish, okay? And I was playing a phrase on the fourth and third string. So I'm, I get to my, my third finger there on the seventh fret. Now, obviously, at any time, I can move down or up, right, to continue my journey. Unless I'm on the first string. Then, again, my escape route has got to be to move up, because that's all I have. Now, we have side to side as well. So that's what I want to explain to you. So if I was playing, and I went like this, and the next lick I wanted to play was... I'm sitting on the wrong finger to, to execute that particular lick. So my choice would have to be to create a pause, shift into the proper position, and then execute that lick. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That sounds just wonderful. If it works for me and it works for the situation I find myself in, that's just great. But my other alternative would have been when I play this lick, I could have reiterated that note with a slide of my first finger. And now I'm already ready to go. So I can move freely into that lick without having to create a pause. But I have to have the, the, the wherewithal to understand that I'm going to have to reposition myself. Maybe I don't know, you know, 15 seconds ahead of time that that's coming, but I need to have the intuition as I'm playing that particular lick that the next thing I want to do is this phrase or this lick or whatever and reposition my hand in a proper position to be able to execute that. So for instance, um, I was playing uh, a few workshops ago, I was showing you some arpeggios and things. So I was playing this thing. Now when I get to the top, I'm on the seventh fret of the first string with my pinky, which again is fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But now I've got to decide what I want to do. I'm not on the fourth string. I'm not on the fifth string. I'm not at the 12th fret, right? I'm not in any of those places. So I have to make a choice of what it is I'm going to do at this point. And this is where for me, a lot of times, um, you know, like here, if I come up, I could always build my way back from that seven into something else. And that would be perfectly fine. But I might decide that my escape route is going to be a slide. That sets me up somewhere else. But you'll notice if I slide, I'm still on my pinky. So I've still got to play on the back side. Mm. I just have to be aware of that. You know, I'm not... I'm going to sit and try and do everything with just my pinky the whole time. So I've got to have something available for a lick or for a phrase or for meandering or whatever that allows me from that pinky to be able to work backward. Does that make sense? On this sense. side of my fretboard, unless I can find a way of maneuvering to get to my first finger or my middle finger or whatever it is that, that would get me out of that. Well, that would get me out of that. If I did the slide from three to seven with my first finger, that has now freed up my fingers on this side.
And see, that's how you flow around the fretboard is that you've got to make sure. And, and again, this is a very intuitive thing. So I can't always show you exactly because you probably do it too and you just don't realize it, but it's part of the way I play. So when I'm playing something, that slide, that slide, all of those things are setting up a potential new motion that I've got coming down the road, right? The next phrase that I'm gonna play. And um, we all do it again. If you're playing a scale, obviously you're either on your first finger or you're on your pinky or your third finger or whatever as you're playing. But you need to be aware that those things are setting you up for whatever the next potential thing you're going to do, whether you realize it or not. So if you want to break out of that creatively, you've got to start thinking about that and go, okay, so if I end my phrase and I'm on this finger, these are some of the options that I'm probably going to have unless I escape, unless I do a slide, right? in somewhere else, which again, if I do a slide, I'm still going to be on that same finger more than likely. Again, none of this is absolutes. They're just things to think about. Right. Or I might do a slide, an alternate slide with a different finger, which then sets up my first finger for something else that I could be doing. the trick is they've you've got to learn how to do that because if you're just thinking it's hard to escape that right because you get stuck but if all of a sudden I do that slide right there up to the seventh fret of the second string slide All of those things are escaping me out of that one position that I'm in and offering me the possibility of doing something new with the, the new position I find myself in or the new fingering I find myself in. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of make sense? That makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> something I don't think I've ever even thought about. Well, uh, and I never used to think about yeah. it either, but once I started playing, I st- you know, because sometimes you'll be playing something like, um, which we'll be talking a little bit about in the next workshop, but you know, if I was playing like a cross fingering, right, so I'm using the same finger for two different strings. In order to do that, I've got to think about, you know, which fingers I'm going to use and and what's going to come after that to kind of set myself up for something. And, and even the guitar pick winds up being um, an element of an escape route, depending on whether or not you're down picking or you're alternate picking or you're up picking, right? The direction that the pick winds up on is going to innate or encourage you to move a certain way, right? If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. 
For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. If I push down, I could keep pushing down and get all the way through the strings. If I was strumming, it makes logical sense to push down through everything. If I'm if I'm trying to alternate, no matter how fast I could possibly go, it's never going to sound like a strum, like a downwood, right? So in in essence, that's what an escape route is. We're just talking about the the fretting hand escaping right now, and then um, in one of the next sections, we'll be talking about um, some picking ideas that I'll give you as well. So that's awesome. So one of the comments we have, Steve, is how do you know which finger to use for an escape route? You you don't. You won't know. The only way you're going to know is you've got to have an idea in your head, whether it's whether it's a, a conscious or unconscious thought of what's going to happen afterward. This is where automation kicks in as a guitar player, right? When you watch a guitar player move around the, the fretboard very fluidly, that's what's happening. It's not just patterns. Like we get, we, we're, we're misconceived sometimes that it's patterns and licks and things like that. Those are the tools that we use. But when we finish that pattern of that lick, we've got to do something else, mm. right? So, and it doesn't always mean moving horizontally. It, it can also mean staying here, but just understand that the, the flow of gravity, if you will, if you're on this finger, it pushes you to this finger. So you've got to start thinking about how to escape that, which then sets you up in a new position. You see? So it's a way of thinking. I'm getting out of this place that I'm at, or I'm getting out of this position I'm in. Because if you're, let's say you've just been playing for a little while and you just learned the pentatonic, you're always used to using these fingers on this side. And you're mm. always used to using this finger on this side. Well, what if you did this? Now you're screwed. Right? Because you can't do that. Mm. What can you do? Whatever's over here. You see, now you've got a whole new territory here that you could explore. Now, right. I would need to know what that position is, no doubt about it. Again, there's no denying that having knowledge of your fretboard, for me, it's like roadmaps, right? If I'm going to drive somewhere, I have to know how to get there. There's a thousand different ways I can get there, whether it's fast or slow or scenic or whatever the case may be. But I've got to have a, 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 a destination ability or I'm going to get lost, mm. right? So the same thing happens on your fretboard. When you're playing, what I've always loved about the, the guitar is that even though we're playing pentatonic, let's say we're playing A minor pentatonic, so every position is the same notes over and over and over. Absolutely true. Sounds very monotonous that way, if we think of it that way. But the truth is, the, the way the notes are organized on each string are never the same, right? This, well, I shouldn't say never the same, but when I play this... Right here, I could borrow over these two notes, and I could make some sort of lick by doing that. Here, I can't borrow over those, so I have to make the lick different. You see, so because I can play the same notes on different in different positions, the string organization is different on, or the note organization on each string is different. Mm -hmm. 
which for me is a benefit because it makes things, because what happens as a guitar player is you start developing motion with your hand. When you move in other positions, that motion sounds different because the string, the note collection is different on the strings, if that makes sense. So even though you can play the same lick, it's going to sound different in different places. So I right. love that. Like if you think of it, here's a, here's an example since we just talked about that blues note. So I could play eight, five, and then eight, seven, five. So if I look there, I've got seven, eight, and then right there, I've got that five. And that's essentially creating a chromatic. But I got to cross strings to do it. If I go to this position right here, they're all on the same string. So I can make a lick that I couldn't play. It'd be way harder to play in that position. Totally makes sense. You see, so we, we want to learn how to escape out of the position we're in for a host of different reasons. Sometimes it's creative. Sometimes it's visual. Sometimes it's, it's out of necessity for a particular thing that we might want to execute. It just doesn't work very well in the position that we're in. But if we move somewhere else, it actually becomes very functional. So it's just things to think about a little bit. Again, you know, escape routes for me aren't like eighth fret of the second string. It's not that. It's your approach. It's thinking about when you're using your fingers. And that's something that I really came across when I started doing a lot of sliding with my playing. Now I could slide back and I'm right back where I was doing exactly the same thing I was and I could make something hopefully musical there and nothing wrong with that. But if I go... See... Intuitively, as I'm moving, my fingers are switching. The emphasis finger, if you will, is switching, which is enabling me to then move to the next position. And it's moving me this way or this way or this way. Mm -hmm. so, so you can just, yeah, that makes well, sense. Yeah, so just... it's kind of a cosmic concept. It's not concrete. It's not, like I said, it's not a fret in a number or something like that. It's the way you think about moving. That's what I want you to think about. Very cool. So you can actually escape uh, in four different directions, like north, south, east, and west on the fretboard. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and again, when you think of it that way, it seems pretty logical. Well, yeah, it's up, down, and horizontal. And it is. But it's what do you have available next, right? If you don't have a, a surplus of, of licks or you don't really know that next position and you shift up to that position, you have to know then, well, what are you going to do? You see? So mm. oftentimes we just get used, and this is again why we wind up playing things that sound like scales all the time is because we don't really shift. We just stay there. When we stay there, we're propelled to go left, right, left, right, like we're walking, right? Where if I can shift out of that, if I can escape from that idea, even just that sounds interesting. But that enables me to move into this next position, which enables me to move into the next position or the previous or whatever. But I have to be aware of that. So if you shift up and you're on your first finger, you can retract and keep going. But if you shift up and you don't know that second position, there's really nothing you could, 
you could do, you see? But if you yes. do that second position, now you're exposed to doing all this stuff here that you could do. So that's where if we go all the way back to the first thing we did in these workshops with meandering, this is something that's really beneficial. The more you learn, and I told you this in that first one, I just didn't call it an escape route. But the more you start learning about which strings you move on, which fingers you're moving on when you switch or when you slide, those are going to become your most natural escape routes when you're playing. Right. Because they're, they're what's happening most natural to you. Now, you might practice something and that changes and you've got a new thing. Well, that's okay. Just be aware of it. It's really cool, man. Guys, you're talking about escape routes on your fretboard, knowing which finger to go to, uh, how to get out of a particular scale pattern, move into another one, depending on which scale patterns you know or don't know, depend, will dictate what you can do there. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is the creative soloing workshop series that we're doing for you. If you'd like to be notified of the next one that we do, you can click subscribe and notify. And also we'll save all of these uh, live broadcasts on the channel for you in a nice playlist that you can go and just click on the, the Guitar Zoom YouTube channel or Steve Stein YouTube channel. Just go over to the playlist section and it's called Creative Soloing. There's a whole lot of, uh, of these workshops that are already there for you. You can check all of that out on YouTube, either on Guitar Zoom or Steve Stein channel. And if you'd like to get the course, which is what this entire thing is built on, is Steve's new course. It's called Creative Soloing by Steve Stein, and it's available at guitarzoom.com. Also, we have a podcast available for you. You can subscribe to that. It's called the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Uh, super cool to be listening to that if you're riding in the car or taking a walk around the block or whatever it is that you do. Can't have a video in front of you always. Um, so yeah, that's available for you as well. And the new course, Creative Soloing, right now at guitarzoom.com. Steve, this has been awesome, man. Where else do you want to take it? I think that's enough for now. Yeah, yeah. I think it is too. Guys, we're doing another one of these. I uh, hope that you'll join us. Same time, uh, same live session. And uh, we will see you in the next live streaming session for the creative soloing. Cool? Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Talk to you later. Bye. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. You know, the, the thing about picking is that we, we really have kind of two different worlds that we do when we're, when we're playing. We either pick things or we use what's called legato, which is hammer-ons and pull-offs. And for most players, you kind of shift back and forth between those two worlds. Uh, they work kind of hand in hand with each other. Picking tends to make things sound a bit more staccato. And legato tends to make things sound a bit more like connected and smooth. But oftentimes you kind of need both of them. So. You know, one thing I'm going to tell you, and then we'll get into these various techniques, is that oftentimes we we watch a video or, you know, get the tab for something or whatever, and the, the video or the tab will tell us, we're, maybe we're learning a song, right? Or maybe we're learning a lick by somebody that we, we like. Um, and, it, and it tells us to play it a certain way, to pick this or to hammer this or something like that. And... It's okay to, to learn it that way. 
All right. But what I always want to remind people is that the most important thing, especially when you're trying to be creative, is that you've got to find what works best for you. Um, just because the particular pair of shoes fits somebody else doesn't mean they're going to fit you. And so, mm. um, you know, sometimes it's it's necessary. Sometimes you need to pick it a certain way or you need to do a legato thing a certain way. Sometimes it is, but oftentimes it's not. You have to figure out what's the best way for you. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.